0: everybody. Welcome to another edition of What's What BR. We have a very special guest for anybody who hasn't recognized the picture on the show here today. We have Mayor President Sharon Weston with us today. She is BR. What's What BR. We have, you know, our, our leader here with us today. How are you? Is my wife. I'm doing
1: great. Glad to be on here to share with your audience today. A lot going on in Baton Rouge.
0: There is a lot happening in opposed to the weather we had where we, you know, froze over, you know, and it, we've had some really good one. I'd tell you I'd write checks for weather like we're having today, you know, it's all yeah. possible. So it's wonderful. So we're going to go through and try to cover a whole bunch. I usually tell everybody about the end, but this is absolutely, you have a lot more important things to do than talk to me. So I appreciate the time we'll run through this. Um, Talk about a couple things, some initiatives that are going on, some things that are changing that a lot of people just, you can't pick it up in the minute or two that you hear about it or something like that. And so, you know, just kind of out of the gate, I just wanted to kind of jump in and, you know, see, you know, first and foremost is we have this neighborhood engagement, you know, hub, which is new to Baton Rouge. Can you fill us in on kind of what it is and why and how we got here?
1: I am real excited about our neighborhood engagement uh, hub. You know, uh, I believe in order for us to have the uh, thriving communities that all of us desire, um, what I describe as a city of peace, prosperity, and progress, it takes all of us working together. It takes government. It takes our citizens. It takes business community, it takes our nonprofits, it takes our faith community. And so the Neighborhood Engagement Hub is uh, one of our central strategies around our safe, hopeful and healthy initiative. You know, when we look at issues, as I said, facing our community, we can realize that they are all interconnected. And so we don't exist in silos, neither do our issues really. So when we talk about public safety, when we talk about health and education and quality of life, uh, they're all shaped by our social conditions that exist within our community. So our Safe, Hopeful and Healthy Initiative, uh, it is designed to help cure the conditions that undermine Baton Rouge's ability to thrive.
0: That's amazing. And these are some big these are some big steps. These aren't little things that you guys have done. I've been seeing things, you know, not to derail us, but, you know, we've recently seen, you know, open budget come out where we, have you know, open doors for everybody. It seems some of these, you know, projects that you've, you know, kind of led the way and pushed through. It's about communication and opening up and, you know, letting people see what's going on and just this community hub everywhere from you know, from cleanup efforts to, you know, tool lending programs. It's just, there's so many different pieces that, you know, kind of cogs in the wheel, but they make overall, it's what makes the city a better city. You know, you can't, people don't realize, you know, and yeah, you know, we'll get to, you know, I'm just thinking of one of the things I wanted to talk to you today was about, you know, the litter, we'll get there, but it's picking up that one piece of trash makes a difference. You know, it's these little projects of cleaning up those corners that make, they all add up at the end of the day. You know, it's like a puzzle, right? The one little puzzle piece doesn't really seem like much, but when you put them all together, it starts making a difference.
1: So so you you said something that is really uh, key to our whole conversation and that's communication. And uh, that is what the neighborhood engagement hub is. You talked about our, our uh, open checkbook, open data, you know, city, since I've been in office, I have been very intentional about being transparent, but not only being transparent, about opening the lines of communication between our office, our activities, our initiatives, and the citizens. So our neighborhood engagement hub is online. It's housed at our safe Hopeful safehopefulneighborhoods.com. Safe and so through um, connecting with safehopefulneighborhoods.com, you will go to the Neighborhood Engagement Hub. You can find opportunities, just as you mentioned, for training, for cleanups, mm-hmm. for ways to connect with our uh, city parish government. It serves as a central location uh, for all of our tools to address quality of place issues and at the end of the day um, we want to empower our residents to engage in the change that we wish to see in baton rouge a, a goal that we all have uh, in addition to the work that we do every day as local government and so uh, i'm really pushing the neighborhood engagement hub because i want our residents to go there to sign up, to get engaged, to receive updates on our upcoming projects that they can engage in. In fact, we're having um, our first operation cleanup is on April the 10th and people can sign up there at our neighborhood engagement hub. And we're gonna have two initiatives coming um, in, in April. One is the operation cleanup and uh, then after that, we're going to have our blight boot camp. That sounds exciting, doesn't it? A blight okay. boot camp. Uh, but if people visit that website, they can connect with those projects and find other information as well.
0: I think it's it's funny. You know, I just had we just had Lieutenant Governor Bill Nunn on a couple of days ago, and he was talking about you know the you know blight and you know clean it makes a world of a difference you know when people you know when you exit that exit ramp you know and when people are driving through we've got this huge thoroughfare you know we're I 10 we're right in the center when people you know jump off the interstate to get gas or you know to stop and grab a bite to eat we're leaving a memory you know with them and so it's what do we want to do you know how do we want to what impression do we want to leave on somebody? Do we want someone to go, Hey, that was a real, they had really good food, but it was kind of dirty, you know, or, do I want to come back or, you know, do they make it a point to stop back on their way when they come back through? Or did they, you know, tell people. And so I think the blight, you know, and the litter we just talked about, that makes a big difference, you know, and finding ways for people to learn how they can help. You know, I think I've read, you know, that we're looking, there's, you know, 25, you know, residential leaders, you know, that have, you know, coming in to make a change and be able to train, you know, some of these to, it's like, you can't expect, you know, we can't expect government to go do it all for us. Right. You know, governments to help and invite, you know, kind of help facilitate it. We'll find you the tools, we'll get you the things and we can do a lot, but you got to do something too. you know, yeah. pick it up.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I'm not one, uh, I'm not a leader in denial, right? I understand that litter is an issue uh, that we have to have to get a grip on. And uh, when I started my new term, I said that uh, litter, eradicating litter and uh, uh, blight is one of my top priorities of this term. And we are using a strategy to Uh, address litter. You know, you're right about first impressions and um, the role that a clean city plays in attracting uh, folks to your city. It's all about quality of place. So what we're doing, uh, part of our strategy, this is not the entire strategy, but we're doing strategic street sweeping. We're increasing our number of street sweepers and Uh, East Baton Rouge Parish. um, We have a dedicated litter crew. Um, Our Department of Public Works is doing weekend litter cleanups. And so far our team has collected over a thousand bags of trash in the last three weeks across East Baton Rouge Parish with 395 bags this past weekend alone. Now I share those because Something else you may not know about me, but I'm big on data. Data is so important because it's one thing for me to just make a statement and said, oh, we're cleaning up uh, litter. But it's another for me to have data to back up what we're doing. Not only does it back up and support what we're doing, it shows where we need to have improvement. Right. So believe it or not, through our information services office, we have GIS mapping which also helps us in uh, a lot of areas of city parish government, including Mm -hmm. the Department of Public Works and our cleanup efforts. Uh, So that, you know, technology is an integral part of what we do. Data is really important uh, to be successful and effective. Collecting that data and translating it so we can use it for
0: our benefit. That's... That's a lot of bags, I don't know. If yeah. that's a, you know, it's kind of one of those double-edged swords. It's like that's a that's awesome that we picked up that much trash, but
1: it's a shame it's bad that we picked, that picked up way. that much
0: trash. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'll say, you know, what maybe you can't say, and I've told you know, while we're on the subject, I think, you know, it's one thing to pick it up, you know, but it's another thing, you know, us, you know, I'm a parent. We have parenting magazine, you know, Better Parents magazine as well it's our job as parents to pass, like when your kid drops <laughs> something, pick it up. You know, when you walk, when you're walking in the store and you see some trash, metal, pick it up, teach your kids, you know, if we can get that done, you know, we got the collection problem, but maybe, you know, if we don't do that, we're just going to continue, you know, we don't solve the problem. We treat the symptom. Right. So it's, you know, raise your kids, right. do to pick up some trash, you know, don't throw that on the floor. And so help me if you see, you throw it out your window. You know, um, it, yeah. that's part of the problem too. And I can you're, just maybe be more blunt right. about it.
1: <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's part of uh, the problem. Um, and I don't use this as an excuse, but it's true that unfortunately, we have a culture of littering uh, in our in our state and in our community for, I don't know where it came from, if it accrued or evolved, but somewhere along the journey, people have felt like it's okay to throw trash out of your car, to walk and throw trash. And so um, I believe that one of the key areas where we can transform this mindset of littering that exists is through public education, you know, encouraging the general public uh, to reduce and properly dispose of their um, of their litter. That's that's important. Taking that education to the classrooms as well, because I've found that if you have students who are encouraging their parents, then that can go a long way uh, uh, also. You know, what people don't realize is that the impact of litter is so far reaching. I mean, you see it certainly on the lawn or on the sidewalk or, you know, in the street, but that litter is also responsible of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that litter, litter also gets into our waterways, right? Mm-hmm. It is responsible for, you know, intruding in our water, uh, our, our waterways. Uh, and so, uh, we, we're posting no littering signs at intersections, at interstate uh, where there's a high level of of litter.
0: Well, like I said, I think it comes back. I think children learn by watching, you know, yeah. it's people wouldn't probably know unless they know me personally. I'm When watching the show, I've got a pretty, you know, I don't have some of those bad words fall out of my mouth, but I'm not gonna lie, they do occasionally. And my kids, even my young ones, you know, they'll pop right back language, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, you're right. And my kids know, you know, if they drop something, even if the wind's blowing it, you need to go chase it down and pick it up. And they learn by watching. When you pick up, when you roll that trash can back up and some of it maybe fell out and they see you pick it up, they're they're learning something there. Nobody sits down and has a litter talk, you know, with their kid. It's just, what they learn when you drop, you know, you pick it up, if you let it blow off or, you know, it hits in the cart. So I think it's amazing what, you know, then it, what you got going, but then also parents, let's, let's teach our kids, you know, let's take, have the litter talk, you know, sit down, look, we're not going to, you know, when they drop something, Hey, go pick that up. You know, that's not, you know, they go, oh, it's okay. No, it's a big deal. Go pick yeah. it up. So
1: It's, it's accountability. And, um, it starts young, you know. That accountability and that education uh, really starts young. Um, you know, at the end of the day, though, uh, we have to remember that litter is an adult problem. It's not the mm-hmm. kid, it's not a kid's problem. It's really an adult problem, and so we've got to. Adults have to be responsible as. Parents. Speaking of parents, mm-hmm. they have to be responsible in leading the way as well. Uh, exactly. But, uh, uh, so we we have to be cognizant of that.
0: Well, I think we beat that up to death, you know. <laughs> but you know, some of the um, some of the others. That I wanted to make sure because you know your time is valuable. But we've got you know some of these community you know projects. One of them that I thought was real interesting that a lot of people you know maybe you know. Oh, well, we don't have the tool to do this project. We don't have that. You know, there's a tool lending program, you know, that if people, if you see that corner, if you've got a group of you that say, you know what? Hey, I'm tired of, you know, there's, I've said it before. There's certain, like, I'm tired of driving past, look at this, you know? And it's like, quit saying it, do something, find a couple people together. Even if you don't have the right tool, you guys have rolled out, introduced, you know, this this lending program, you know, for community Absolutely. projects, not to mention the, um, there's some grants that are out there Absolutely. that they can apply for.
1: Absolutely. You know, through our Safe, uh, Hopeful, and Healthy initiative, which I was sharing with you, um, uh, we are we're taking a comprehensive of what I like to say, a holistic approach uh, to addressing public safety. And that's the Safe, Hopeful, and Healthy initiative. Now that is happening... Um, our neighborhood engagement hub is under the umbrella of our Safe, Hopeful, and Healthy Initiative. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how through our Safe, Hopeful, and Healthy Initiative, we are giving out um, grants. Also, what we're doing is we're training Neighborhood leaders. We're training mm-hmm. neighborhood leaders. We're training people to be leaders in their neighborhood. Sometimes, you know, we all know those leaders in the neighborhood, right? They're the people uh, who uh, keep everybody in the loop in the block, tell everybody mm-hmm. what's going on, what's the latest, you know. Now, of course, they have next door neighbor is that what it's called or next door where people oh, communicate the, the
0: app where everyone complains yeah. you know <laughs> about things <laughs>
1: <laughs> people communicate a lot on that but you know there's some people in my neighborhood who I know are I'm going to call them the connectors right they connect mm-hmm. the people in the neighborhood and so we um we have training for um uh for individuals like that we, who want to be neighborhood leaders Uh, We also will be training what we call um, um, violence interrupters, people who can help us be proactive to uh, abort violence that may be emerging in a neighborhood uh, or community. And we're taking the safe, hopeful, and healthy uh, message into the schools as well. So we're... We're, we're going into uh, all the different uh, areas to uh, make sure we make connections in our public safety space. It's law enforcement and the citizens as well working hand to hand. And it all, you know, all of these things that I've been talking about, whether it's our neighborhood engagement hub under safe, hopeful, healthy, public safety, all of it uh, intersects and it's part of the puzzle, if you will, of mm-hmm. having a thriving uh, community. And there's so much what I would describe as intersectionality between all of those uh, those issues.
0: Yeah, they all everything has to work together. You can't have you know, you could have the safest you know, city around. Mm-hmm. But if it was covered in litter everywhere and trash all over, people don't want to be there. You know, if you've got the most beautiful city in the world, but in, you know, the reciprocal, you know, if it's just ravaged with crime, you know, people don't want to do it. That's
1: right. And if
0: people, I think, start to take, you know, some pride, you know, and these leaders can step up and they've got access to tools and they've got some grants for some programs that they'd like to apply for to get, you know, this is not you know, $50 grants, I'm, you know, when I was looking at it, this is, you know, up to $5,000 for a project, you know, potentially to, you know, make some of this stuff happen. And I think what you're saying is, it's the way when I talk about some of the initiatives kind of in the business world, it's what is the way I say it, they collapse and fold on top of each other. If you get your neighborhood, you know, if you get your house in order, And you teach your kids not to litter. You're going to be mad when you see it on the front street. So you're going to pick it up. And the next guy sees you do it. And that picks it up. And then the neighborhood gets a little bit, you know, gets a little better. And you got some leaders that are helping talk to people. And then people are saying, hey, this is our neighborhood. We respect it, you know, and we want you to respect it, too. And so we don't want the crime, you know, here. All of this just falls one on top of the other to where, and they kind of somehow, from my unprofessional show segue is, you know, kind of into a, you get all this stuff, you know, you start feeling good and you've got your stuff there that gets you into maybe where, Hey, I've taken care of my house. Now it's time to take care of me. And I know, I don't know if we talked about this before, but to kind of come, I know you've been a big proponent on you know the healthy BR, yeah. you know, of really making, you know, the person, the individual. And I think that's, in my mind, maybe I'm, you know, drawing too far lines, but it falls over onto that to where, hey, I've done all this, you know, our community's safer, our streets are better, you know, things that, you know, hey, it's, it's my time now, you know, what do I need to do to take care of myself?
1: So but, you know, I'm, I'm so
0: glad you brought
1: that up because, you know, what I often say is, our Healthy BR program is a gem that so many that mm-hmm. people sometimes don't realize we have. And uh, when I became mayor, I had certain goals where uh, that I, I wanted to see accomplished within our Mayor's Healthy C- City Initiative, or as I said, we call it Healthy BR. And uh, it was certainly to elevate Healthy BR more than just having a health fair once a year. And so now under the leadership of Jared Heimowitz, Healthy BR is involved in so many spaces and uh, you know, we encourage people. Now, you know, we can't mandate that folks do <laughs> these things, right? And Put that's that not food our down.
0: Goal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not our goal. But we do believe that a healthy community is a happy community, and so through our Healthy BR program, uh, we find activities uh, or, or events, or we created events for um, uh, our citizens. Uh, We also have some connections with helping people uh, eat healthy. Uh, You know, we have partnerships now with, you know, with Pennington. We have partnerships with um, uh, Blue Cross, uh, Blue Shield, Humana. We have our community gardens. I would love for people to see some of our community gardens. We have one at Howe Place and we have one at capitol high school as well as now i think glen oaks high school we have um you know our our farmers markets and so um we have so many different um um, opportunities for people to improve their uh health or be in a healthy space and as i said it's not that we're trying to dictate anything we're trying to offer opportunities. You know, we did a community health needs assessment. We're one of the few cities uh, that has done a community health needs uh, assessment. assessment. And the, the community health needs assessment uh, has defines our hospital services. It shows us what our health needs are as a community and how we are working together uh, with our hospital and medical community to to achieve those uh, issues that emerge from the community health uh, needs assessment. So, you know, I'm so excited about our healthy BR. And I'll tell you, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but um, God, the time passes, I want to say 20, 17, Mm 2018, I started on my own personal weight loss journey. I decided to lead by example.
0: I I was going to try to segue and said, because I remembered, I was going to say, you know, you really put, you know, with the rubber meets the road. And if this is the right story, you, you got on the bike, you know, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, I did some of everything. I stopped, I stopped Mm -hmm. eating so much. i watched what I, you know, I, um, I well, another little known fact about the mayor: I'm a pescatarian. Uh, so I have been a pescatarian for probably 15 years now, and um, but the only thing is, I I have been a pescatarian who never saw a carbohydrate that she did not like. So you know, I ate. Fish. I eat fish and seafood, uh, but I was also eating, I'm not going to give them a plug, but a certain (laughs) French fry that I couldn't resist. So, you know, after meetings at night, you know what I was doing? I was stopping at this uh, burger place that I'm not going to mention that has some delicious (laughs) French fries. And that's how I would reward myself with, with those. Every time I think about them, I get excited because they're, they're the best fries in the world. So I would stop and mm-hmm. get fries late at night after long meetings, after a long day. And that would be how I would reward myself. Well, I was eating fish and eating seafood, not eating meat, you know, not eating uh, pork and beef, et cetera. But those potatoes were putting on the pounds. And so if you look at my face, I was looking at some pictures uh, about four or five five years ago. My face was a little bit fuller then, uh, (laughs) as well as my body. But um, I decided to um, uh, go on Weight Watchers. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to give them a plug, but I I did. (laughs) And um, then, as you said, I started being active. I did bike riding. I did wall climbing with students. I went to a fourth grade gym class. I uh, walked. I love to walk. So all of that was working together. And before I knew it, I had lost thirty pounds. Wow. Now, uh, have I been keeping out off those thirty pounds? I would say within a five to seven pound range. I have, which is not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm not where I was when I started the journey for sure, but I'm still within the, uh within a reasonable uh range. So
0: it's it's work. I, I think people are saying because I'm not going down top, but it's it's the COVID 19. You can put on 19 during COVID, that's what it is. And then oh, you gotta go not, back and have, lose I, it.
1: I, I have not done that. And so, uh, but I can see how it's easy to do because it is, I'm not as active. Uh, I have not been as active in the past year as I was prior to dealing with COVID, but I really have been watching it. You know, somebody, uh, somebody sent me something the other day I'm going to share, which is so funny. You may have seen it all. I said, uh, this is, I need to social distance myself from the refrigerator so I can flatten the curve.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I think we're going to, I think we yeah. should make, put a sign on the refrigerator that's, you know, says that, that would be.
1: I need to social distance myself from the refrigerator so I could flatten
0: the curve. That's funny. Yeah, no, that's, I think it's hard. You know, you're, More important and busier than I am, I'm sure, but it's, and I find myself to be pretty busy. It's hard sometimes, you know, because everybody wants a meeting and now we're all sitting in front of Zoom and then we're sitting in, you know, boardrooms and we're sitting in conference rooms. It's like, can we take this on the road? Can we just go walk (laughs) down the street and have this meeting? You know, it's hard. And so. But I think, you know, that's what's important is, like you said, not that we're forcing, you know, healthy BR, you know, telling people you have to do this. But it's saying, hey, we're taking, you know, we're taking an initiative not just in the city, but also the citizens of the city. We're going to give you the resources. We're going to point you in the right direction. I think i would read and I don't know if it had any effect on it, but years ago i would read and never heard the term, but it was called like a food desert. You know, to where it was large chunks of our community don't have access to fresh produce. And I'll tell you, I've got the very first person that came on this show when I started doing this is a friend of mine. And he was telling me, you know, there was a story about someone in his office and their mother. They weren't from here. They had moved, you know, to the United States and they were talking about He goes, what's the most interesting thing? you know, what do you find different? What amazes you the most? And it's just stuck with me. They said, everything you eat comes out of a box or a can. Wow! I thought about it for a minute. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they were talking about how they would go to a market, you know, and buy, you know, like these produce stands. And that's kind of made me think about, and that's where at the time I've looked it up and saw, you know, these food deserts where certain areas down, like literally, if you wanted to go get fresh produce, you'd have to hoof it to the other side of town and not that that's not possible. Maybe for some people it's harder, but it, it's a lot easier. You know, it's like when we go to our kitchen in the middle of the night, it's a lot easier to grab a bag of chips than yeah. to make a salad. Yeah. You know, and eat it. So.
1: And you bring up a very uh, important uh, point, which is something that we're also working on in our mayor's healthy city uh, initiative and it's called our go get healthy uh, program. And through that, Um, We are working to uh, close the food desert or grocery uh, gap uh, in our communities. We were able to uh, get a um, grant and support from the Blue Cross uh, Louisiana Foundation and Humana Foundation. And so uh, through that, as I said, we have um, programs such as our Baton Roots which is an urban farm and community garden uh, at Howe Place, um, Harmony Garden, community gardens. Uh, they're open to the community. That's done with uh, bat roots. In addition, we have what we, uh, a program called Top Box, which is bringing fresh fruits and vegetables and other uh, foods in a box where you can have a meal or several meals And then they are connecting to certain locations like community centers or churches, and people can order and pick up their boxes of food. So let's just say there is a gap, a grocery gap that exists in your community. Well, then we bring the food there. Uh, So Uh people can have it. And we've really been focusing on some specific areas like 70805, uh, where we know, but in addition that there's a gap. But in addition to that, I have been actively uh, pursuing a, a grocery store, standing up a grocery store uh, within the communities of disinvestment. So um, to close that grocery gap or that mm-hmm. desert,
0: as you describe it, it uh, it makes a difference. And I don't hopefully nobody that owns the gas station doesn't get mad at me. But, you know, as a kid, I can remember you know, just eat like it was lunch, I could stop at a gas station and get, you know, whatever, you know, food there. But that's the last place I want to grab lunch right now at this point in my life. You know, it's and then if we don't have and if it's that's your choice to, you know, run into the, you know, corner store or the, you know, the gas station to grab something versus, you know, you got to hoof it all the way across town to get some that literally can impact someone's life. And so I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, you
1: know, one of the things that we did to try to uh, insert healthy foods into some stores that are common in a lot of communities um, was to reach out to the folks at Dollar General. Uh, We did have communications with them. We talked to them. We learned that they have a model in some other states where they put fruits and vegetables in their stores. And Hmm. so um I reached out to the people at Dollar General. Uh, they um agreed to uh start that process in some of their stores here. And so now in several of the Dollar General stores, they are offering uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. And I mean it's a very one nice clean uh, um setup with plenty of fresh vibrant fruits and vegetables. And so while we still work on putting grocery stores in, in those areas of big <laughs> investment, you know, you have to be creative and innovative. Uh, and so we realized that Dollar General stores are all over the place. And so mm-hmm. when we reached out, found out about that model, uh, we were able to get them to uh, buy in, to uh, be a partner with us here in uh, Baton Rouge. And that's been, that's been a great partnership.
0: Well, I think, you know, as a testament to you and your team, I think that's the things that and this right here, you know, that kind of moment is what I like about, you know, this show is that's not front page on a newspaper, you know, that's not top of the line, you know, but it's like, look, your local, you know, our mayor, you know, they're her and her team, they reached out, you know, they called the business. Those are privately owned businesses. They're not government entities. It's not a brand programs like, Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you start selling some produce? You know, it's, that's the heart to me of what this is where people can really find out and go, that made a difference. So if, you know, if you're watching, when you hit, you know, you run into one of those dollar generals, that wasn't a federal program. That wasn't somebody in corporate dollar general said, Hey, I bet we can make money off of carrots. You know, that was your local, you know, government, your office, your team saying, Hey, we see a problem we see a bunch of dollar generals, we can maybe fix this. Let's pick up a phone, let's have a meeting. And it, there's no legislation that's got to pass on something like that. There's no politics. It's like, hey, this is just a good thing for you to do and we'd encourage you to do it and it happens. Yeah. That's fact, you know what makes the difference.
1: In fact, uh, we were recognized by the US Conference of Mayors uh, for this uh, partnership with uh, Dollar General. Um, And so uh, it it is really innovative. And uh, this collaboration uh, with Dollar General uh, has certainly been key to advancing our mission through our Go Get Healthy uh, initiative. So it's been a real win. But like you said, it may have gone under the radar for uh, people may not even be aware of it. Although, you know, Mm -hmm. we send out press releases, we try to let people know. Uh, but it's, it's been recognized by the U.S. Conference of Mayors, this partnership.
0: That's, um, that's about, it's, glad they recognize it, but it's hard to sometimes get that information all the way down. And that's what we try to do here is to tell those, you know, it's real stories from real people, you know, yeah. you're hitting or used to hit that place with the fries, you know, just like everybody else would, so. Yeah, It's it's amazing. And so I hope people recognize it and they realize, you know, the work that's done and it's not always about, you know, the politics. It's about, you know, helping and really pushing these initiatives forward. So, but, you know, with all that, we could go all day on all these other different projects and everything. And I'll say it again, you got more important things to do than sit around and talk to me, but, I appreciate you taking some time. I'd love for you to come back and, you know, and we can uncover some more of these nuggets, you know, of little bits and pieces that people know. I think, I think it's important. It's an easy way to communicate. And I think people like what we found, you know, people generally like, you know, watching and feel that connection. And we like to, you know, hear these stories and not hear like, you know, for anybody who's wondering, you know, today's, you know, we're early March, but, we're just skipping the COVID conversations today. We're not worried about those right now. This is about what's impacting us today, and you know what's going on in our community, which is important. So,
1: you know what I'd like to come back and talk about if you'd let me. Um, Absolutely, that is since um, you all are partners with Parents Magazine. I think it's very mm. important to um, talk about the Mayor's Summer Youth Program. Okay. Um, so, um, we'll come back. And when we get ready to roll that out, we'll mm-hmm. t- uh, come back because I know your audience will be real interested in in that program.
0: We've got a bunch of people that are asking. Our phones are ringing off the hook, you know, with trying to find out what are we going to do? Um, we talked uh, a few months ago with uh, Adam Knapp and his team over at the chamber about how important summer camps and summer programs are to families in the community. And a lot of the business world didn't realize that until last year to where when it was like, mom can't come to work because she's got two kids, you know, at home or, Hey, you're going to have to let me work from home. So it's a huge thing. So I know we'd absolutely love to have you come back, hear about that, hear about what else is going on, get some updates, you know, on some of these things. So I'd love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time. I will let you run and we'll, uh, We'll do it again. Sounds
1: good. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.